Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Amen? Amen. What a wonderful privilege to come and acknowledge the holiness, the love, the power, the wonder of God. Manifest to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome this morning. Good morning to all of you. It's exciting to see all of you who come every Sunday here, it's exciting to see that those of you who are here from clear out of the country this morning, praise the Lord, to draw our minds to further worship God this morning, Brother Cephas has asked us to consider the eighth chapter of the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 8. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? You could just let yourself kind of get lost in that verse. The excellency, the majesty, and the glory of the Lord is manifested and reflected through all creation. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the work of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So what is man? Where is man in the plan of God? As the psalmist reflected on that, and he considered the dominion that man was given over the creation, it brought him again to reflect on the glory of God. And as I think about uh, commenting on this chapter, my mind went to the commentator that wrote about it in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, and so if you'll just turn there in chapter 2 to the book of Hebrews, we'll just let him comment on this chapter. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownedest him with glory and honor to set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he hath put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not under him. But now we see 
not yet all things under him. Now let's catch the commentation of this. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. God's glory was manifest through his creation, but much more manifest through his redemption for mankind. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. That is Jesus on the cross being made complete for our sacrifice through his sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth, that's Jesus, and they who are sanctified, that's us, are all one. Can you comprehend that as you worship today? For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So as we read on down through this, and we'll not read it all, Jesus was not made in the nature of angels, but he took upon him the form of man. He was made under, by the seed, through the seed of Abraham as a man so that he could partake and taste of all of the temptations, everything that we would, and be glorious through it. He came to us so that we might come to him. Wherefore, in all things it behooveth him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, and he is able to succor them that are tempted. Hallelujah this morning for a Savior. Brother David, I'm going to ask you to lead us in prayer here for a moment. We are going to take prayer requests. While you're thinking about what your requests are, I have one. My brother text this morning with her prayer request for his sister-in-law, Carol Miller, in California. She is very low with the advanced stages of cancer, a very weak person this morning. Pray for her and her family. Other prayer requests. Yes. We've been asked to share with Cornerstone that the brother in um, Pennsylvania that got cancer and his body with a stroke. We have been asked to pray for a brother in Pennsylvania with cancer. Let's remember him and his family. Any other requests or praise reports? Brother David, would you lead us, please? Jesus was willing to come and become like us, that he might save us.
by the shedding of his own blood. Father, we thank you that that sacrifice was perfect on our behalf. Father, help us to have faith, to help us to be built up in our understanding of the reality and the depth of what Jesus Christ has done for us. That it might empower us to live in this world, but also to be willing to be able to talk about it unto other people and to share it because there are desperate people all around us that are on their way to hell, Father. Help us to, be, have to, to raise up a heart and a need in our own hearts to be willing to share these things with other people that they might have an understanding of where their destiny really lies. Oh, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that our <clears throat> brothers have started this meeting, or that Brother Cephas is going to bring up a message that you have laid upon his heart. We just pray, Father, that our hearts can be open, that we will not be hindered by any of the things that can distract us in this life, but help us to be open to your word and to be able to hear and to understand what Brother Cephas is going to bring to us. We pray your rich blessing of this Holy your Holy Spirit to be upon him this day. And it's in <clears throat> Father, we also want to remember those that are uh, in desperate conditions that have suffering with cancer and this Carol Miller in California and this brother in Pennsylvania, Father, and there's, we know that there are others who are facing things that are extremely painful and difficult and challenging. And that's just how it is in this life. Father, help us as we face things that seem to be over overwhelming, that we'll be able to then turn and to <clears throat> look to you and to depend upon you for every moment of each day. Father, in all these things, we pray our, your blessing and in your name of the Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Thank God we give honor to Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church and who is our life. And uh, we thank him, we thank God for him to bless us to be here together to worship and to honor him. We thank God for 
the opportunity you guys given me to stand before you to minister and preach Jesus, the gospel to you. We thank God also for the leaders of the church, presiding leaders. You know, Haitian, we call leaders by the title. We don't call them lawless. If there is a leader like pastors, we call you pastors. Bishop, we call you bishop. If you're a presiding bishop, we call you bishop. So we thank God for the presiding bishop of Cornerstone. Brother Bart, we call him BB, Bishop Bart. <laughs> bishop Bart. Thank God for all the other leaders, Bishop David Rice, Bishop Turner, Turner Gale. I didn't know if his last name was Turner. When I found out, because I work for Turner all the time, I said, man, your last name is Turner? How in the world I didn't know that? Since I heard that, I kept calling him Bloody Turner, Bloody Turner. <laughs> Thank God for Bishop Phil Gish. He's not doing well, he's at home. So I know his body is at home, but his soul and his spirit is in Cornerstone this morning. So we thank God for him. Thank God for all the deacons. There's a lot of deacons. I might not remember them, but I can mention some of them. Deacon Randy, Deacon Bush. Deacon Bush, I always call him Deacon. He called me Reverend. <laughs> it's good. So all the deacons. So we thank God for each one of you. We thank God for the missionaries. And uh, uh, Sister Rebecca and Wismi came all the way from Haiti to the auction. May God bless you, Sister. You and your husband keep working for the Lord. Uh, thank God for Brother Ken and Sue driving all the way from Pennsylvania to come to work for the kingdom of God. Thank God for every one of you working hard. And remember, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're not working for our glory. We're working for Jesus' glory. We are not working for us to be praised, but we work for Jesus Christ to be praised and to be glorified and to be lifted up and that the Gentile, which is the, which is the unsaved people, they can see in us what we are doing for the kingdom of God, they can come to join us to work for the Lord. This is the only place you see we work, there is peace, there is joy, people work together. There is no fighting, there is nothing going on. The only thing that's going on is love, love of Jesus Christ. Thank God for my wife as well, and she's here. We got another brother from Haiti. Uh, he's here with his wife. Bethany, they are here. We thank God for them. And I heard the blood that said last night, there is no successful man without a good woman. There is no successful husband without a good wife. And then thank God for a good wife. He that find a good wife, find a blessing, a favor, you obtain a favor from God. We thank God for all of you, all the mission mission around. So we don't really have that much time. We're not going to be here for long. We're going to go straight into the word. And then we're going to read for you a few scriptures. We thank God too for the teachers 
of Cornerstone, good teachers. So we thank God for you. And from the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, we're going to start with verse 8 to 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 8 to 12, it goes like this, from Paul, a pastor Paul. I speak not by commencement, but I, by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice for this. This is expedient for you. We have begun, therefore, before not only to do, but also to be forwarded a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be performance also out of that which we have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he has not. The title of our message this morning, Why Did Jesus Come Into This World? We thank God too for our ministers, Brother Clan. And thank God for Brother Cajun, and thank God for all of you who are here this morning. So, church, we have a subject that most of you already know about it. You know about it. You know about Jesus. This is not something that is just pop up from nowhere. It is something that we already know. But God put it in my heart to share it with you this morning. And I was seeking him, praying him in the middle of the night. And then I feel like in the middle of the night is the best night to study. You don't need to worry about somebody calling you at 1 o'clock in the morning. No, that's not going to happen, Brother Clem. You know what I'm talking about. So a lot of preachers, we know what's going on. 3 o'clock, you can't receive any phone call. It's a quiet time. And you sit down and study and then seeking God and then seeking him and his word. He can speak to you and you can feel that he's talking to you without any distraction. And I was seeking him to give me a word to come to speak to the church. And he gave me that scripture very strong and I have been studied about the scripture. And he gave me a title as well. He said, uh, I asked that question, why did Jesus come into this world? Thank God for Blood Turner. And then he already started it. And then he, he worked with it pretty good because we worked together as a divine uh, divide families, brothers and sisters, because when you see that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, you see that they all work together. There is no difference between God, between the Son, and between the Holy Ghost, where they all doing their own things. They all work together in unity. Why did Jesus come into this world? 
And the first thing we're going to uh, take and see why it come. We're not going to spend time in introduction. We're going straight to the message. And he said the first thing that Jesus uh, came for into this world because he was obedient to his father. He came because he was, he, he came to do the will of his father. To do the will of his father, which is God, that sent him. Because the Bible said, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son to the world. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That means God sent him. Jesus has a choice. To say no and Jesus got a choice to say yes but thank God he said yes because the, the first one that came was Adam Adam and Eve messed up when Adam and Eve messed up in, in Genesis, Gen Genesis chapter 3 verse, verse 14, 15, when God uh, uh, made the first prophecy, the first prophecy in the Bible, and then uh, after they messed up and then God said, this is what's going to happen. I'm not going that, to read that scripture. You will see it. And then Jesus is the second Adam, and he came came to rescue you and I in sin because we came from Adam everybody who came from Adam we are sinners even the Bible explained David said he said in my mother mother's womb I am already a sinner I don't need to get when when I am born I don't need to born when I know knowledge to do wrong to do right but I came from in sin I am already a sinner in my mother's womb but the only thing that's gonna happen to take me of that curse from Adam is when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord as your Savior and he came to do the will of his father he came to be obedient to God you know obedient is the root of all blessing obedient when you're obedient to God you do what God called you to do you don't you're not afraid of nothing you're not worried of nothing even young people when I was young and my father whenever he asked me to do something I don't do it I guarantee you I'm not going to bed without the pain the consequences of being disobedient to my father because it's a blessing when you obey and do the will of God. It is a curse. It is a, it is, you are in trouble too when you disobey God. And Jesus came unto this world to do the will of his father. He came and he said, I am going to rescue them. I am going to save them. I am going to please my father. I am going to please my God, which is my God, my father, which is my God. And he came to this world. And that's what Gloria Turner said. He took the form of man to rescue us. As man, he was obedient unto God and he did the will of God. And then, if you look in Philippians chapter 8, verse chapter 2, verse 8, which is a familiar scripture, 
Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 where he said and being found in the fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross Jesus became obedient Jesus became obedient to do the will of the father to obey God to please God and that's why in that scripture Paul said God is, uh, is highly exalted him and at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord because he was obedient unto God and now for us as a Christian since God sent him to do his will but Jesus want you and I to do his will. He want you and I to obey him, to please him, to do what he want us to do, not what I want to do. Because he was saying when the time coming for him to die, he said, Father, not my will be done, but thy will be done. He didn't see himself anymore, but he see God. And that's why when God call us, he doesn't call us to see ourselves. But we see Jesus who died for us on the cross. He came to do the will of the Father. And there is a second one church that he came. I just read for you in the book of Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 8. Chapter 8, he said, he became poor. Hallelujah. He became poor. He was rich. But he left his throne to become poor. For you and I, we might be rich. Poverty is not fun, church. Poverty is not something that you would like to do after you've been in a, in a high position and said, I'm going to leave all, leave all my riches that I have to become poor. Not, not, no, I've seen anybody would love to do that because it's hard. And there was a rich man that was so rich in the Bible. And what happened is, when he came to Jesus and asked Jesus question, he said, Master, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus gave him all the protocol, what he should do. And he came, he said, I was doing this when I was even young. I grew up doing this. And Jesus looked at him and saw something in him that he was lacked of. And Jesus said, this is one thing that you don't have. Go ahead and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. Hallelujah. And come follow me church. And when he looked at Jesus saying that to him. He was thinking that he had so much riches. So much wealth. He said no. He couldn't, he couldn't do that. And he turned. He, can't, he couldn't give Jesus any answer. And he walked away sad. That's the bottom line. Because that man he was rich. But the riches that he has had him. He didn't let the uh, God Almighty control his life. He allowed the wretches control him. And now he don't want to give up to the God that he served, which is the God of wretches. And then when he looked at this, he walked away. Poverty. He came and he left his throne, his kingdom, where the angel worshipped him, where all 
people was praising him in heaven and he left them to become poor for us we might be rich. There is a lot of things going on in the world. There is a lot of poverty going on in the world. There is a lot of people are suffering in the world in poverty. And I remember myself, I grew up in poverty because I was not born in America. I was not born in the United States. I was born in Haiti. And I know what, does, what it's meant when you're poor and you don't have nothing. And Jesus, he left his throne to become poor. So in his poverty, I might be rich. And then a lot of people said, rich people are not going to the heaven. That's not true. Jesus said, rich people are, are, are those. They, they, they took the, uh, uh, the word that Jesus said, it is easier for a uh, camel to enter into the uh, eye of a needles than for a rich man. To go to the heaven, a rich man. We have tons of people rich in America, and then I am rich. I don't need to be a millionaire to be rich. If I am in America today, I am rich. If you are in America, you are rich. No matter where you came from, because rich is you don't need to drive a Cadillac to be called rich. You don't need to drive a Mercedes to be called rich. Because if you can go out there and provide to yourself, you have a job. You got electricity 24-7 over your head. And you can have food in your fridge. You can have everything you that you need to live. You're a rich person. Compared to somebody in Haiti, you're super rich. But God bless us to be rich. And Jesus, he became poor. And then he became poor. There was a young man that was talking about the poor people, which is uh, in, in John chapter 12. Let's go in St. John chapter 12 to see a man that showed he, he was interested to help the poor. John chapter 12, verse 1 to 8. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Jesus, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and give to the poor? This he said, not that. He cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put the hand. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my bearing has the kept as she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. No matter what we do, church, we cannot fix Haiti. We can send 
million billion of dollars to fix Haiti, money will not fix Haiti. But one thing we want to do, we want to be obedient unto God. We want to be obedient unto God to serve the people and to help the people because we're not doing it for the people, but we do it for the glory of Jesus Christ. He became poor, so we might be rich. And there is another one again that he did in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Chapter 5, verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us. We know no sin that we might be we might be made the righteousness of God. Jesus, we didn't do anything wrong. And now the Father sent him to become sin. We might become the righteousness of God. When people look at me, they don't see me as blood as Cephas. But they see Jesus down in my soul. When people look at you, they look at you, they don't see you as blood and soul and soul, but Jesus is in you. And that's why when you stand, you accept Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, you cannot be the same anymore. That's what the Bible said. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. And all things pass away because be, behold, everything is become new. And that's why my name is changed. I have a brother in front of my name. And I don't need to tell people who I am. They just look at me by my action, by the way I treat people, by the way you treat people. They say, Yes, surely this man is a righteous man of God. This woman is a righteous woman of God. These children, they are the children of God because they look like Jesus. Jesus dwell in them and that's why when there is persecution church, when they persecuted us, they not persecuted us because I am Haitian. They not persecuted you because you are American. They not persecuted you because you are from somewhere else. They persecuted you because you are the righteousness of God because Satan is the enemy of every believers, whether you like it or not, once you got saved, you became the righteousness of God. You became the enemy of the devil. He doesn't like you anymore. Friends that used to be your friends, they're not your friends anymore. Friends that used to hang out with you, you already became a different person for them. They don't want to see you around. They feel uncomfortable because you have a God, almighty God, who created the heaven and the earth who create all eternity dwell on your soul who come who have power over everything dwell on you where you are a sinners now you are no longer a sinners where you are like whatever you used to be is done because the bible extends all things pass away and now you became the righteousness of God because church sin separated us with God Sin destroy marriage. Sin destroy families. Sin destroy countries. Sin destroy the world. You said the whole world is in trouble, is destroying because of the lack of the righteousness 
of God. God told Abraham, I will not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there is enough righteousness in that city. And God called us, we are the, Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth. Can you imagine when we leave this world, how this world is going to look like? Church, it's going to look like a mess. Hallelujah. A lot of things is not happening in America because of you and I. Church, because of the saints that are praying, that are seeking God, that are calling upon Jesus day and night. They call God, have mercy for United States. Because United States of America is not except to Ukraine, to Haiti, to any other country in the world. The only thing that we have, we just have the mercy and the grace of the true and living God in us. Jesus shed his blood in the cross. When the blood shed, hallelujah, and the blood came streaming down, church. And I look at this, I say, Lord, who am I that you choose me to be a preacher of the gospel? I say, Lord, who am I where I came from all the way in Haiti? Some of you have been in Haiti before. You know where I used to live. I used to live in a little dinky house. There is 10 people living in that little house. Plus my parents are two that make it 12. Like Jesus have 12 disciples. My father got 12 disciples. And 12 family live in that small house. Some of them live on the, we live on the floor. We slept on the floor. And all, everybody slept on the floor. My parents live in the bed. They Both of them can sleep on the bed. And we live right there. We grew up right there. We grew up in poverty. We grew up in, uh, in all kind of things, suffering. But thank God for Jesus Christ. And he came from his throne. And he came all the way down to Haiti. And he was looking for me. And he took me in Haiti. And he said, I'm going to make a Away with you. He took me all the way to United States of America. He said, No, I stay in Florida. He said, Florida is not only it's not the place where I need you to be. He took me to Indiana. I stopped in Indiana. He said, No, Cephas. Indiana is not where I want you to be. And he moved me to Indiana to Columbus. I stay in Columbus. He said, No, Cephas. Columbus is not where I want you to be. I need you to be in Cornerstone. I need you to be a on these people. I know who they are and I know who you are. You will not have any problem. You will get along pretty good. They will love you. You will love them. There will be a blessing for you. You will be a blessing for them. Like the Bible said, I am shopping. I am. He made a way. Hallelujah. 
He made a way out of knowing. He became sin. He took my sin. He threw them away. The Bible said, as far as is from the west. And he took my sin away. And he threw them out. If I used to be a sinner, I am no longer a sinner. If you used to be adultery, no longer adultery. No longer fornicators. The blood of Jesus Christ washed all the sin away. And he made you righteousness. Of God. You are more, more valuable than any president in the world. I don't care. I don't want to mention their name. With Jesus, you are my more valuable. He take me down. He took you down and he lift you up. Hallelujah. He lift you up. He became sin. And the, the other one that Jesus did. I'm about to be over. And the other one that he did. In Mark chapter 10 verse 45. He came down from his throne. To pay a debt that you and I. I cannot pay. Hallelujah. I may have billion, trillion, quadrillion, whatever trillion you have. I cannot pay for my soul. The only one who can pay for my soul, his name is Jesus Christ. Because he was the perfect man. A man without sin. Like the Bible explained it. A lamb without blemish. We can. A lamb when they used to do sacrifice. They cannot bring any type of lamb. They cannot bring a lamb crippled. A lamb that is not good. Looking good. A bunch of bones in the lamb. They need a lamb that has meat. A lamb that has meat. Jesus has meat. You know what we call meat? Because he was holy. 100% holy. Every other lamb, they were not qualified. And that's why he said, Father, I am qualified. And he came down. And he came into this world to serve me. To bring me the food that I need. To pay the ransom for me. Because I am not qualified to pay that ransom. To set me free. Jesus is the only one who has capacity. Who has power. Who has authority to pay to set me free. That's what the Bible said. Where there is Holy Spirit, there is liberty. Where there is Holy Spirit, there is joy. There is peace. There is freedom. There is all kind of blessing. Because Jesus is an answer. He paid the price. He paid the ransom. And now you are no longer sinners. Now you are no longer in bondage. Now you are no longer in the, in the slavery of Satan. Now you are free to give praise and glory to the true and living God. That's what we are. That's what we stand. You work like crazy to help those that in Haiti because Jesus served you and you want to serve others. Because Jesus said, I'm not here that you can serve me as much as you can do to the least of my children. You have done it unto me. 
Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if it was in Haiti, if it was in America, if it was in Africa, if it was in France and Ukraine, because the people of God, they are everywhere. They are every places. All we have to do, yes, Lord, I want to serve you. Yes, Lord, I want to be obedient to you. Yes, Lord, I want to serve the people that you created, that equal with me. I might have more money. They might have less money, but we are all belong to you because of the blood because of the blood the blood give us the opportunity to be together I was in a dinner last night, church. Let me tell you, that dinner was good. There was some good chicken. I sit down. I was hungry. I got a, a first piece, you know, Haitian, uh, American things. When they have dinner, people go by. You can't go and load it your plate at one time. You just take a little and you come back again. Haitian things, when you go to a dinner, you just load it your plate and not worry about the other one that's come behind you. I'm telling the truth. I know I'm preaching the truth. It's not about that. And I sit on the table, church. That, that, that chicken was good. And I got a plate. I would love to have a second one. And I look around. I said, let me wait for the other people to come. And after that, church, I got me a big tires. I got a second tires. And I got a third tires. And I said, man, Lord, I need to get more chicken because I was hungry. And I got two legs. And I got a other legs and I got to the point church I cannot count how many pieces of chicken I ate because back home when you ate the chicken if it is not enough Lord have mercy you break the bones you break the bones because that chicken is not enough but last night I have enough chicken I don't have time to break the bones because God has been good to me God has been good to you. He brought me, hooked me up with people, hallelujah, that if it was not for Jesus, I would never meet these people. Jesus is the one that hooked me up with you guys. I'm not coming to praise me, but I'm coming to praise him. Hallelujah. Who made a way out of nowhere. Who brought me here that I can hang out with you. That I can be together. Not only we can be together down here. But on the last day. We will be together. We will fly together. We will be in the heaven together. We will never die. We will never cry. We don't have to do auction. We don't have to do mission. We don't have to go preaching. We will be in, in peace. We will be all together. With Jesus forever. I might be too loud church. That's the way I preach. God called me to preach just like that. To preach the word of God to you. I am shoving high. He came, hallelujah, to make him righteous to serve. And he served me. He served me that was far away. Jesus doesn't care about your personality. He doesn't care about where you came from. Your family pedigree. How you call it pedigree, I don't know. But he doesn't care about that. He just serves everybody. And he serves you the same way that he served the others. And he served the same way. And one thing, church, that's going to happen. And when Jesus came, I'm about to be over. 
in uh, in Luke chapter four, uh, chapter four, where Jesus spoken. Luke chapter four. If you go to Isaiah chapter sixty one. Isaiah 61 is pretty much with the same in Luke chapter 4, where I'm going to read. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Hallelujah. Verse 18. Hallelujah. And, then, and what did Jesus say in the synagogue? Jesus went to church. Jesus went to church. Hallelujah. The synagogue back in the day was like a congregation where the Jews get together. To worship. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hallelujah. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You guys may see that. And then we just talk about it. He has sent me, hallelujah, to heal the brokenhearted. And then another one again, that's three, to preach, hallelujah. That's a different, the deliverance to the captive, those that were captive in bondage or, or hostages by the devil. Hallelujah. And recovering of sight to the blind. Hallelujah. And uh, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Hallelujah. And to preach the acceptable ye of the Lord. Hallelujah. When uh, he finished to preach that church, the Pharisees, the leaders, was mad at him. They said, look at you. Hallelujah. Look at you. Are you not the son of Joseph? The son of Mary who grew up right here? What are you talking about? And Jesus answered them, and they tried to kill him. But it was not yet the time for him to be dead. He was going to die on the cross. That's where he was going. And the same spirit that was in Jesus Christ, it is in us today. We have the Holy Ghost. We have the power. We have what it takes. We have everything we need. Our box is full. We got everything we need today to stand up for Jesus, to fight the good fight for Jesus, to stand up and preach to the people out there that are lost, that we can do the will of God who sent us here, who call us out of darkness and unto the marvelous light. And that's why I love Jesus because he gave me Holy Ghost and I love him and I love him and you love it too. You don't have to go like crazy for other people to know that you have the Holy Ghost. When you start doing the will of God, when you start living right, when you will live like Jesus, that's a sign of the Holy Ghost. A lot of people say that they have the Holy Ghost, but they don't want to live right. They don't want to do what is right. They are a bunch of liars. They are a bunch of crooks. But I come to tell you, church, we have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost to live right, the Holy Ghost to do what is right, the Holy Ghost to praising God for who he is. He said, God is a spirit. Let those that worship him, not worship him in the, in the flesh, but worship him in the Holy Ghost, worship him in the spirit. That's why when you guys sing in the song, I can't sing those songs because I became emotional in this church is the church that make me feel more 
emotional than any other church. You know why? Because Holy Ghost is here. You know why? The Spirit of God is here. You know why? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is here. When I became emotional, like Bishop preached preach that message and I don't feel looking at and singing the song because I can see the glory of God in this place. We have what it takes. I know there is a lot of drama in the world but we have power to face all the drama in the world because he promised us which is the promises of God he promised us, Bishop Phil preached that message not too long ago. He promised us, God is the only one who made the promise and keep the promise. I might make a promise today because not too long ago, there was a preacher, he asked me, he said, Cephas, would you come for Easter breakfast? I tried to promise him, and then I said, well, we pray about it. He said, okay, let me know. And guess what? For Easter, I already had a plan to go somewhere, church. And I said, Lord, help me. I get confused right here. And my wife said, did you know you have a plan? I said, sweetie, I forgot. That's mean I can give you a promise and not keep the promise. But if God promises you something, I guarantee you it will come to pass. It doesn't matter what time, but it will be on time. It doesn't matter what day, whether it's Saturday, whether it's Sunday, God will shut up and keep his promise. The promise he had, it will come back again. That's the biggest promise because the promise, all those promises, most of them are fulfilled. That scripture right there, right there in Isaiah 61, it's fulfilled because Jesus came, right? And he gave us another promise that he shall come back. That's the other promise. And that's why I don't need to be worried about the war. When I see war going on, when there is first world war, when there is second world war, when there is third world war, when nations are divided, I just realize in myself, I say, Lord, you are not that far. I just have to lift up my eyes onto the hills and see where my help comes from. Because my help is not coming from the government of the United States. My help is not coming from the government of Haiti. But my help is coming from Jesus Christ who promised he will come back again. He will return again. He will take you out of here. You will no longer see all those suffering. You will never be hungry anymore. You will never get sick anymore. No cancer. No drama. No disease. I will be with him. Walk in the street of gold. I will jump around. I will dance around. Because I am in the presence of the King of Kings. He's coming back. We don't know when, but he is coming back. I don't know what day, young people, but he is coming back. Hold on to what you have, church. All we have is Jesus. Don't hold on on your money. Because money cannot save your soul. Don't hold on on your house. Don't lean on your house. Don't lean on your friends. Because friends have no power to keep you from falling. But if you hold on on Jesus, when things are going bad, it will come and take you out of here. 
to the new heaven. And you will fly away. Hallelujah, like the song they some glad morning. When this life is over, I will fly away. I will be with him in the heaven. I will fly away. I can't wait because I miss my father too much. I can't wait. I miss my mother too much. You can't wait either because you'll miss your loved one. They already wait to be with the Lord. But you are not with the Lord yet 100%. But when the time is coming, when the trumpet sound, hallelujah, you will be with Jesus. You will know him as he is. You will see his, his face. You will see the mark of the nails in his hand. You will be with God forever and ever. You will be with him. That's why Jesus came. That's why he came. He came for you and I. He came that we might have life. A better life. The devil came too. You know what the devil came to do? He came but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's why he's destroying Haiti. He's destroying Ukraine. He's destroying Africa. He's destroying every place he's the devil is doing it. But Jesus came to rebuild. You know, he's not come like the enemy is destroying, but he come to have a kingdom town on the inside. And in our heart and our soul, that's the one he came for. To destroy sin and to give us life. Life abundantly. Life forever. Life for eternity. Today, if you need life, come to Jesus. Maybe you are watching. If you need a better life, come to Jesus. You will have a better life. My better life is not on the money I make. My better life is from Jesus Christ. Peace I have in my heart. And I remember with my wife, church, I'm going to give you that testimony to go and sit down. When I met my wife, church, 2002 in Haiti, she went down to do mission in Haiti, church. When she came down, I was so poor in Haiti, Bishop, and I was coming around to see if I can get a job to translate for them. But at that time, my English wasn't that good. I said, Lord, if I can just say the word, thank you, uh, all goes kind word, they might let me work. They let me work. And I saw her over there. She was very active. She moved around. She was very strong. And she's still strong. Don't give me one. But then, and then, and then we kept moving. And I saw her. I shake her hands. I introduced myself. Uh, because, you know, there was a wolf over there in the church, in the mission. IFF mission got a wolf. They said, when you come around, you're not allowed to flat on none of the missionaries. If you're a man. And if you're a woman, the same way church and I saw her trust me trust me trust, trust, trust me church and I saw her my heart is open I said man this is a good wife and I saw I look at her and then she's around she didn't flirt on me and I didn't flirt on her and we go and she left Haiti and came to United States where she lived and I at the beginning at the end of 2003 God bless me with a visa. And I met her.
When I met her church, after I met her again in the United States, we go around, keep moving around, and I saw her, and I said, Lord, I thank you. Make a way, but I was scared because I know she's American, I am Haitian, and I'm poor church when i get to the point now when god said it's time for something to happen it will happen and i went and talked to her and the second time i met her in 2014 we met when i met her church and i went down in haiti to preach two revival and god said after your two revival i will give you a wife according to your heart and god give me the desire of my heart and God good? Amen. Yes, he good. And Jesus good? Yes, he good. Help us to stay strong and strong in the Lord. God bless you. God bless you, Bishop. You can come to take over. God bless you, church. This morning I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to bear testimony to the sermon that you have heard, if you think that you have been given an example of the enthusiasm that you ought to have for Jesus Christ, just say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, it's kind of hard for me to not preach a little while, but I guess uh, I'd just like to use the scripture to bear testimony to the message this morning. Just a couple verses here. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. So might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what we heard this morning. Hallelujah. Well, this uh, yesterday was our Haiti auction, and so I'm going to ask Brother Zach to come up and to give us a report on that, and then to have a prayer for the benefit of that money to be 